It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. According to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs, more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast, indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed you are locked on panthers your daily carolina panthers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to our show over on our Locked On YouTube channel. We're on Sunday evening following the Carolina Panthers. Win, fingers crossed, against the Seattle Seahawks. I will be there live breaking it all down. Make sure to check out all the live shows. Anytime there is a breaking news edition, he'll be live right there on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Now, if you don't watch the show and you ever miss a live show on YouTube, it's okay. You can always check out the show wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single edition of Locked On Panthers. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday... Like today, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Problem is, y'all didn't really ask me too many mailbag questions, so don't have a lot to answer this week. But that's okay. I have to get out of here quickly because I have a flight to New York later on this afternoon, and we're probably going to have a shorter episode than usual, but that's probably not going to be really true. I'm a gas bag. I'll talk enough for y'all to get enough of the content that you need. But... If you want to participate next week on the Weekly Friday Mailbag, be sure to at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. But first, again, follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. It's somewhat fitting that the Carolina Panthers are playing the Seattle Seahawks this Sunday afternoon, considering I have not seen the sun in over a week, it feels like, here in Charlotte. It has been gloomy. It's been rainy. It's felt a whole lot like Seattle. I've been to Seattle in the summer. It's a lovely place, beautiful time of the year to go there. Would not recommend going there, you know, this time of the year when it's raining and it's cloudy and it's sad and people are depressed and there's a whole Seattle freeze going on. But outside of that, Seattle's a great city. 
and the Panthers Seahawks have had some history dating back to when Steve Wilkes, the interim head coach here in Carolina, was last year with Ron Rivera and, of course, Cam Newton, Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis, Greg Olson, all those guys that you knew and loved and wish were still here winning football games. But Steve Wilkes has talked about those times. He's talked about the divisional battles. He brought up the video prior to the win against Tampa, 21-3, where they beat the Brakes off of Brady and the Bucks. talking about how big those games used to be when the Panthers didn't win not one, not two, but three straight NFC South division titles between 2013 and 2015, and those were the great days. And Steve Wilkes is trying to get this team back to that, at least right now in the interim. Who knows what the future holds for Steve Wilkes here in Carolina. I would love for him to end up being the head coach, but as I've told y'all, he has to win games. He has to win enough for David Sepper to have no choice but to hand him the job and say, you what? You know what? You're the leader of this football team. You're a Charlotte guy. These guys follow you. Let's get you a quarterback and let's build this thing the right way. But he has to win on Sunday and he needs to win at least, I would say, four of the last five games of the season for it to happen. And really, winning all five is the best way for it to happen. Why? Because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got to win on Monday night where the Saints 0 for 3 in the red zone completely choked and lost that game. Brady brings him back. He does what he's done for, was it 23 years now? I've lost track. Please retire Tom Brady. But Tom Brady did what Tom Brady does by coming back and winning that football game in a game they had no business winning, meaning the Panthers are two games back of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, the Buccaneers do play the 49ers on Sunday. The 49ers are going to be starting Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy out of Iowa State University. Back when he was at Iowa State, he was really good in October. They used to say it was Brocktober in December. Played pretty well last week. Well enough to where Kyle Shanahan said not once, not twice, but multiple times this week that, yeah, we're good on Baker Mayfield. And I don't know how Baker's going to play on Thursday night as I'm recording this on Thursday morning. I have no idea what's going to happen. If he plays, the Rams clearly are setting up for failure. If he plays well, then right here I'm telling you, I knew he's going to play well. Either way, have no clue how it's going to go. But Kyle Shanahan said, we're good. We don't really want that. We're going to roll with Brock Purdy, the rookie out of Iowa State. The Bucs could lose that game because the 49ers are a better team, but they're also starting a rookie quarterback. Cincinnati is a team that absolutely should beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and of course, Carolina Panthers need to beat the Bucs if they want to have an opportunity to win the NFC South this season, but it all starts on Sunday in Seattle. It all starts by winning a game on the road, something they have not done all season long. When you look at the road games, week two against the Giants, they had an opportunity. The Rams game didn't even try to win. Got the doors blown off of them on the road against Cincinnati. And then in Baltimore, no contest as well. The Carolina Panthers have to win road games if they want to be in the playoffs. It's not just this Sunday where it begins. It's also week 17 at Tampa, which would be the most important game if they're able to get the win tonight or on Sunday. And then the Buccaneers follow suit by losing a couple games and make that a game on week 17. That's for the division lead. And of course, Panthers already won earlier this season, 21 to three, meaning the Panthers would have the tiebreaker for the season. And of course you got to follow it up in week 18 by beating the New Orleans saints on the road in New Orleans at the Superdome. And as I said to y'all throughout the week, for me to really buy into this being a playoff team, like being legitimately having a chance, of course they have to win on Sunday, but they have to follow it up next week against a bad Steelers team here at Bank of America Stadium where you're going to be playing yet another road game. And it's interesting because when you look at it, like the games that they've played at home that they've lost have also been pseudo road games. Week one against the Browns. You saw the game against the 49ers when the faithful took over. It's going to be the same case next Sunday against Pittsburgh. They need to stack wins. 
You won last time out against the Broncos, who were terrible. You need to win on Sunday against the Seahawks, and you need to follow it up by winning a home game against a Pittsburgh Steelers team. But again, it all starts on Sunday. Steve Wilkes is talking about finding that playoff mentality. Can the Carolina Panthers do that on Sunday afternoon? There's plenty of advantages. I went over them yesterday on the crossover podcast of Corbin Smith. I'll go over the numbers once again later on in the show about how I feel pretty good about this team on Sunday afternoon. I know I probably shouldn't, and the smartest thing to do is to expect the worst of the Carolina Panthers But the numbers, the matchups, it really feels like this could be in Carolina's favor. I understand that our friends over at Bet Online opened the line at six six points as the Panthers were a six-point dog on the road. But damn, I look at how this team's played, aside from the Bengals game under Steve Wilkes, and this feels like a very winnable game on Sunday afternoon in Seattle. Now, before I get to those numbers, let me take a quick pause here. There are... A couple of mailbag questions that I'll quickly get to. Then after that, I'll give you some of the numbers of why I feel pretty good about the Carolina Panthers' chances against the Seattle Seahawks on the road on Sunday. All that coming up here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. This episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual, so when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, secure, and accessible everywhere, 100% online. Everyone deserves to feel their best. BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. As the world's largest therapy service, they've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. All the benefits of in-person therapy, plus it's more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with therapists. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. That's BetterHelp.com slash locked on. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So yeah, weekly Friday mailbag. Um, didn't get a ton of questions this week. That's totally fine. I understand. I missed a couple podcasts last week. Didn't really do the uh, mailbag in its normal time. Did a Monday mailbag. So kind of didn't really, I guess, need to double up in a mailbag. But that's what we do on Fridays. Unless there's a holiday, of course, or if I'm sick. But here we are. Let's get into it. Got a couple of questions for today's show. And we'll start off with Jake, who was headed down to Orlando, it seemed, for a convention or something. Um, He says, mock drafts keep saying we need another corner. I don't think it's a top three pressing need. We have depth. I think we should pursue defensive end and defensive tackle, even linebacker, before going after a corner early in the draft. Thoughts? Edge rusher, aside from quarterback, to me feels like 
probably the most pressing need. I know over the last couple of weeks, guys like Frankie Louvu and Marquise Haynes have really stepped up in the sack department. But honestly, it's Brian Burns and in everyone else. It can't be just Brian Burns and everyone else moving forward. The Carolina Panthers have to find someone else opposite of him, especially when you think they're probably going to pay Brian Burns a ton of money this offseason. So you need to find a cheap option to put opposite of Brian Burns. Defensive tackle, you already have Derek Brown. Ioannidis is likely gone after this season. Then it's like, yeah, you could use some depth there as well. I don't know if I see it as a pressing need. Linebacker, there's a contract situation with Shaq Thompson. Brandon Smith really hasn't played that much. Steve Wilkes said, you're way too talented to not be making this, making any plays. So who knows how it works out. But defensive end, I think a wide receiver as well. We'll see again in the last five weeks of the season how guys like Terrace Marshall and Shai Smith play to see how big of a need it is. But the Panthers need to probably get a veteran guy, like a veteran, a proven veteran guy. Now let's not go the whole Rashad, like Rashard Higgins kind of route again. Like let's go someone who's actually shown that they can catch balls and make plays in this league. But of course it's quarterback. I think after that it's defensive end or edge rusher, however you want to uh, categorize it and or characterize it. And then I would probably say linebacker corner. Dante will be back next year. You'll still have C.J. Henderson, of course, J.C. Horn, Keith Taylor. They have enough depth there. Do they have enough quality outside of J.C.? I don't know. Don't think so. But we'll see how it works out here over the course of the offseason coming up here very shortly. But hopefully not shortly enough. Okay, Bradley now. Hey, Julian, just a stolen thought. I don't remember who said it. Some for GM or something a few uh, years ago. Okay, either way. Uh, he talked about why quarterbacks from schools like Alabama and Ohio State don't pan out so well is because they have the best talent around them as lesser schools don't. So you have guys like Breeze from Purdue, all the NC State guys that get used to, used to adversity early on, plenty of outliers. Joe Burrow alone kills this idea. Just listened to the mailbag and thought about that. Thanks. I guess I need to pull up where everybody went to school um, real quickly. But, yeah, I mean, okay, Alabama, we've already seen recently – like Tua, it took Tua like until this year to really step up and become that guy. We aren't very patient with quarterbacks. We know that. We'll see what the Jets do with Zach Wilson because clearly he's not the guy who's going to help them win games right now. They still have him under contract for two more years, and they just drafted him second overall back in 2021. But we're not very we're not very patient with the quarterbacks. If a guy does not immediately make plays, and you look at Patrick Mahomes who sat out his first year, I have no idea how good he would have been had he played right away. But I believe he definitely benefited from getting to sit out and not having to go play immediately and could sit behind and learn from a veteran like Alex Smith, who had been the number one overall pick and been through the trials and tribulations and also been able to lead a team to the playoffs not playoff wins but to the playoffs at least so seeing how good Mahomes got has kind of messed things up for a lot of people like Jared Goff won enough games in LA to where you could have thought he could have stuck around now they won a Super Bowl clearly that trade worked out for them we'll see in the long term how things work out but the win the Super Bowl that's really all this that's what this is all about so if that's what you did, then it really mattered. It worked out for you in the end. He was the number one overall pick, and he's not on the team that he was still on. We look at Baker Mayfield. He's now on his third team, potentially starting. I don't know whether he started or not um, last night or not, but still, Baker Mayfield, you look at him. like It's so many guys, and he comes from Oklahoma, which is a school where you win a lot. 
USC with Sam Darnold. That's a school that's one of those premier programs. But Mac Jones is a pro bowler last year. He's having his struggles, but he's a second-year player. He's allowed to have his struggles. I wouldn't sit there and write him off just yet. Um, Justin Fields had his struggles last year. He's looking like the best of those guys right now. Trevor Lawrence has had his ups and downs, but he's a second-year guy, and really it's his first year being coached by an actual NFL coaching staff now that he has Doug Peterson instead of Urban Meyer. So it takes time for these players. You also have Jalen Hurts, who now is a second-year starter, is looking really good. Is it second? Yeah, second year, third year? Whatever year it is, Jalen Hurts, he's looking good. And those are all Alabama guys. You also spent one year at Oklahoma. So I don't really look at it as like, okay, you went to this school, and then you're going to NFL and struggle. I understand the history says that Ohio State quarterbacks have never in the NFL become like that franchise guy. It looks like Justin Fields is going to buck that trend. Of course, he needs to develop that more as a passer to really be able to have staying power in the NFL, but he does have his legs. And if he didn't have his legs, he would have nothing. So it's good that he at least can give you that facet so far if you are a fan, of course, of the uh, Chicago Bears, which if you're listening to this podcast, imagine you wouldn't be. Like Josh Allen came from Wyoming. It took him some time because he looked terrible. But now he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um Baltimore, Lamar Jackson came from Louisville. I mean, he came out and he was amazing basically from the start. We already talked about Joe Burrow. I mean, Cleveland, Deshaun Watson came from Clemson and he was in Houston. Like, Deshaun looked great immediately. Like, some, you you sit there and you're thinking, okay, if a guy looks great immediately, you got the right guy. But there's, we're just not patient enough. So I don't necessarily look at where you went to school as far as dictating where you're good enough. I mean, of course, it helps when you get to play with great playmakers in college. And in the NFL, if you get those guys again, like obviously Mac Jones does not have the same talent level he had at Alabama at wide receiver. But when you look at Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts has the same talent level that he had at Alabama at wide receiver in Devontae Smith and in A.J. Brown that he also had at Oklahoma. What's around you is so important. So I don't really look at it as, hey, you know, you come from these big schools or you have the talent advantage. That's why you're good. And that's why you end up failing. It's like, what is around these guys? Every situation is different. That's how I look at it. Okay, another quarterback question from Stone, who says, Sam Darnold is a free agent next year. I keep hearing people ask, should we go with Sam? But that means we're going to have to resign him. If we don't take a quarterback, what do we do from that point? And who do we go with at quarterback and free agency? Or do we go with Matt Corral? Um, it's, again, as I've said, and I, I don't like not want to answer the question, but we have to see what it looks like the next five weeks. But still, David Tepper, you have to imagine that he is really keen on taking a quarterback there in the first round. That he is, he's over being talked into the Teddy Bridgewaters and the Sam Darnolds and the Baker Mayfields. He's now like, all right, let's just get a quarterback. Let's just do it the conventional route, get one in the first round. Let's not go trade up and reach for a guy in the third round. Like, let's get a guy in the first round. Let's have that fifth-year option, and let's see what they can do, and let's kind of be patient about it. He hasn't really, you know, practiced patience, and you can place a lot of it on Rule. As we know, Rule had a ton of say in this roster. It's apparent with the guys who are here and the guys who have since departed. So if Sam plays well, I'm totally fine with bringing back Sam Darnold for a season to be that – or, you know, sign him to whatever kind of deal you need to sign him to. That is reasonable – so Sam can be the guy who can be the bridge to that rookie. Like, if you get a guy like Anthony Richardson, you don't play him right away. You can live with a Sam Darnold who at least has experience and he and Anthony can learn from him, but eventually you can move on. And it's the same thing. Like, hey, if you don't think 
Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or Will Levis hitting those guys are ready right away, you can have that bridge guy. So if Sam Darnold plays well enough the last couple of weeks, I'm totally fine with him being a bridge. But whenever that rookie shows that he's ready to go, move Sam out of the way, put that rookie in, or whoever comes in. So I, I'm I'm willing to be patient with it because the thing is, like, when you sign a guy, like, you're hoping you're going to have him for the next, like, 15 years. So there really is not much of a rush for them to play if you think about it long term. Like, okay, this guy's going to be our quarterback for over a decade. Does he need to play right now or does he need to play when he's ready? Probably when he's ready. And I know we're not patient enough to do that. And I get, yeah, you got to see if he has it or not, or otherwise you wasted some years. But if you've got the right guy, then you're probably not all that concerned about it, right? Just a thought. Okay, um, that's it. Next week again, guys, at me um, on Twitter, at Julian Council. DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council, so I can answer more mailbag questions next week on the show. But I still have some stats and some numbers that I look at that make me feel good about the Panthers game on Sunday. I'll get to those here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before I do that, let me talk to you guys about prize picks. How does prize picks work? If you pick two to five players, if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you can watch, the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, a ton of dudes getting cash there in MLB, NHL also, um, PGA Tour, college football men's and women's college basketball soccer nascar where i work cricket and so much more entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that easy safe and fast withdrawals currently operational in over 30 states and canada download the price picks app or go to pricepicks.com and sign up today and play daily fantasy sports first time users can receive a 100 percent instant deposit match up to $100, promo code locked on. So this is how it works. If you deposit $100, price fix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, price fix will give you $50. If you deposit $2.75, they'll give you $2.75. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 when you download the price fix app. We're going to pricepicks.com today. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes. It's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. I know it's not smart to honestly uh, believe in the Carolina Panthers, and I do believe that they can win this game on Sunday. I'm not going to do the U.S. Men's National Team chant that I think is super goofy, um, but I do believe that we can win on Sunday afternoon in Seattle. Now, Deontay Foreman, the health of him will be important. Um, have no injury report right now as I'm recording this early on Thursday prior to practice, so don't know 
where he's at health-wise. He did say on Wednesday after he missed practice that he's 95% sure that he'll play. And the Panthers need him to play because the Panthers' offense relies really on the offensive line and Deontay Foreman mashing into the opponent for 60 minutes straight. Really about 34 minutes, depending on the time of possession, which has been in the Panthers' favor and their wins and over the last couple weeks as they've leaned on that downhill rushing game that Matt Rule said he wanted to do, but abandoned as soon as the season started. Go figure. That's why he's in Nebraska. Why I'm excited about this game, other than the fact it's like it's actually a meaningful football game. The Panthers have not played meaningful football in December outside of, oh, man, please don't win. We need this draft pick in a very, very long time. Like, this is an important game. And I feel like the most important game the Panthers have had <coughs> since that December game back in 2018 at home against the Seahawks when everything fell apart where Cam was hurt, Graham Gano missed a 50-yard field goal, and that's when really the slide ended. Those are two teams that had to win. I think Russell Wilson had like an incredible touchdown pass in that game that helped them win that football game. That was really the last, like, man, December, desperate, you got to get this win type of a game. And then the opponent that day was the Seattle Seahawks from my memory. So when you look at the offense in the running game, which they're going to have to lean on, the Seahawks are god-awful in stopping the run. Like, they don't stop the run. That's They're bad. Uh, they're 31st in the league. There's 32 teams in the league. So they're second worst in the league in stopping the run. They allow 155.3 yards per game rushing. That is terrible. God-awful. Since Steve Wilkes became the interim coach here in Carolina, decided enough with this passing mess. We're going to run the damn ball. The Panthers are averaging 136 yards rushing per game. In their wins, they're averaging 196 yards rushing. So nearly 200 yards rushing in the wins. They absolutely own the line of scrimmage on the offensive side of the ball when they win under Steve Wilkes, winning all three of those games at home. And they're going to have to do that again on Sunday. And I have little reason to believe that they won't do that, considering the Seahawks can't stop anybody. You saw a couple weeks ago what Josh Jacobs and the Raiders did on them. Ran for 300 yards. Now it was like inflated by the 84-yard run. But I really don't buy into that. Because when you already have 200 yards rushing anyways, clearly you are kicking their ass and running it down their throat. So it's not one of those things where, oh, we only gave up like 100, like 30 yards, but also 75 of it was on one run. Because then that's more indicative. But that day, it was clearly indicative of the Seahawks can't stop a nosebleed in the run game. And the Carolina Panthers should mash these dudes all day long. Starting with Deontay Foreman and Shuba Hubbard can do it as well. Shuba's been a little bit injured, but when they first kind of teamed up there against Tampa, you saw what they could do. They did it again a couple weeks against Denver. They're not smashing dash. I mean, <laughs> hell, Deontay Foreman's just smash and smash. I hope that doesn't sound wrong. Either way, Deontay Foreman, hopefully he's healthy, but the Panthers got to run the football. Now, the, the concern I do have is with the Seattle Seahawks' offensive passing attack because the Panthers' secondary outside of J.C. Horn He's been banged up. Miles Hartsfield's missed some time at the ankle. He was limited on Wednesday. Xavier Woods was miss, missed a game or two. He has a knee issue right now. He was limited also on Wednesday. Of course, Dante's out for the rest of the season. C.J. Henderson's an absolute liability. You got guys like T. Taylor are trying to step up. Um, also, Tay Hayes is trying to step up. But they need help. It cannot just be J.C. Horn. And whoever's opposite of J.C. Horn has to be able to defend Tyler Lockett or D.K. Metcalf, who are both absolute monsters. I don't know. Who's going to be lined up on who? I mean, whoever JC's with, I'm not too concerned about that player. But the other one is my concern. But really, Geno Smith has been good, y'all. 
He had a career high in passing yards last week in their comeback win against the Rams. Had a comeback victory for the first time, leading him on a game-winning drive. This season in Seattle, he was 0-3 for 3 up until Sunday afternoon when he came back and won that football game. And when I was doing some research leading up to the game, uh, Geno's statistically been the NFL's most accurate quarterback this season based on both completion percentage and metrics that factor the difficulty of each throw. He's thrown six of his 22 passes, um, touchdown passes rather, from outside the pocket, which is tied for most in the league. The Seahawks, they rank fifth in scoring offense this year, averaging 26.5 points per game. The Seahawks also rank ninth in EPA, which is expected points added per play and seventh, seventh in points per drive. All those stats are from True Media. And more on Gino. Gino leads the league over, over, you know, since week 10. Since week 10, where the Seahawks really became a team that relies on the pass. Because the run game, they're not great. I brought these stats up yesterday. They're only averaging 48.6 yards per game on design runs since week 10, which is dead last in the NFL. Um, they're 31st in yards per carry on design runs at 2.9 during that same stretch. The Panthers decent run defense they're right middle of the road they've done really well in the last two times they played really good rushing teams in Baltimore in that loss on the road and then in the win against Atlanta on that Thursday night football game Seattle can't run it and then Kenneth Walker probably not going to play so not overly concerned about the rushing game Panthers currently rank 14th in rushing EPA but since week 10 when the when the Seahawks really became one-dimensional and told Geno hey man go win the game for us Geno Smith has led the league in yards per attempt at 8.9, while also ranking sixth in touchdown rate at 6.4% and fifth in EPA per drop pack at 0.20, and he's second in passing yards per game, 323.3. So that is a concern to me right now, how well Geno Smith has played, and Tyler Lockett, as I talked about, the dude's a stud. I've always enjoyed watching him play. The Seahawks have always been a team I watched a lot of because I just, I just, I don't know. I don't like like Seattle. Like, I love the city of Seattle. I think it's awesome, but like, I don't know. I always just was interested by them. Even when they were the Panthers' foil, I liked watching Marshawn Lynch. I loved watching that defense. I love defense. And, you know, Russell Wilson, he's a cornball. He stinks now. But I was always interested in the Seattle Seahawks. And a lot of times there's only, what, three games on in the 4 o'clock window this, uh, on the East Coast. And I'm damn sure not going to watch the Cowboys. So, hell, I, I watched a lot of Seahawks. And Tyler Lockett's a dude, man. He's so freaking good. Currently, six in the NFC receptions with 66. He's fifth in receiving yards, 836, and then his second in touchdowns with seven. That guy is a concern. Like I, DK is an absolute is an athletic freak, and I think that's who JC is going to be on. But Lockett, man, that's the guy who really concerns me the most because he's a great route runner, catches everything, and can burn you too. Like, he's a hell of a player, and the Carolina Panthers need to account for him if they want to win this game on Sunday. I feel good about their chances. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to win, but they should be able to run the football. It all comes down to can you stop the pass? Can you get after Geno Smith? And knowing that he's dropped back a ton, Brian Burns is going to get opportunities. Marquise Haynes is going to get opportunities. They're also going to get other guys like, hey, Derek Brown's going to get opportunity. Um, Frankie Louvu, they're going to have a chance to get after Geno Smith all day long. And I hope they're able to do that because, man – how fun would that be for the Carolina Panthers to get a win? B5 and 8. And fingers crossed, San Francisco does their part, and the Panthers are only a game back heading into week 15 at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's my hope. I understand you rather than lose, get the quarterback, totally understand it. Man, I just want to, this team to play meaningful football games and win games in December. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. 
where I'll be live following the Panthers Seahawks game on Sunday evening. And be sure to check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a show of Locked on Panthers. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where hopefully next week I'll have questions to answer for the weekly Friday mailbag, either at me or DM me to participate in the weekly mailbag edition next Friday here on Locked on Panthers. In the meantime, I'm headed off to New York City. I think I'm excited. It's a very dirty place. Been a couple times. But you know, I'll have fun. Have it up to New York for y'all. Enjoy your weekend. Be safe. Be happy. Be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to y'all Sunday night following the Panthers win against the Seattle Seahawks. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.